welcome everyone into the playoff edition of the Talking Ball Y'all Picking Preview Show. Part two of the high school football season is going to begin this week for the Picayune Maroon Tide at 7 o'clock at Lee Triplett Field. Picayune will enter the playoffs as the number one seed in Region 4, 5A and will host the Laurel Golden Tornadoes, the number four seed from Region 3, 5A. And this is going to set up a rematch of last year's South State title game, an absolute thriller that Peking was able to win 32-28 and move on to play West Point in the state championship. Slick was able to catch up with Laurel's head coach, Ryan Ernest, and we're going to play that interview right now for you guys. And once we return from that interview, Slick and I are going to kind of bounce around our thoughts on the interview with Coach Ernest, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the matchup and our keys to the game. So hope you enjoy this interview from Coach Ryan Ernest of the Laurel Golden Tornadoes. Healthy pets, happy people, exceptional medicine, compassionate care. That's our motto at the Animal Health Clinic in Picayune. Located at 500 Kelly Road, we are equipped with the latest veterinary technology and provide a full menu of animal health services, including after-hours emergencies. Dr. Alan Smith invites you to join our clinic family by checking out our website at ahcpicayune.com or calling us at 601-799-1300. Bank with your hometown bank, FNB Picayune Bank. With four branches in Picayune, a branch in Poplarville and Wiggins, and soon to have a branch in the Kiel. The name has changed, but the employees continue to be the same friendly faces, offering you the same great service. So do your banking with your hometown bank. I've got Coach Ryan Ernest, uh, the head coach of the Laurel Tornadoes, joining me by phone today. Coach, thanks again, man, for your time. Uh, thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it. So uh, Coach Ernest is coming into his, his third year as the uh, head football coach at Laurel, and Coach, I'll ask you just to start backwards with your coaching career, kind of where you started out and what's led to you uh, being back at Laurel. Okay. Um, I started my, my coaching career at Laurel as an assistant in, um, in 2004 after graduating from uh, Southern Miss. And I was at Laurel for two years. And then uh, my high school head football coach, uh, Buddy Duke, um, took a head job at Summerall. And he and I always had a a great relationship and I mean he's even actually um serving as my offensive line coach this year um but he took a job at Summerall High School and it had always kind of been a dream of ours to get a chance to coach together and so I left Laurel um and took a job at Summerall coaching with him and I you know had a great time um working with him and learning under him and um was really happy there and then um Marcus Bowles at Wayne County came calling and um get another one of my mentors and offer me a job to come to Wayne County. And I, I thought it, um, that was just too good of a job to pass up. And so I spent the next five years from 07 to 12 at Wayne County, um, just working on the coach balls and, and learning from him. Um, he's one of my mentors. Um, rarely a day goes by that we don't talk. Um, I confide in him um, a lot of times, especially when I have to make big decisions because, I mean, he's seen it all, done it all. He's one of the best ever to do it in, in the state of Mississippi. But I spent five years there. Um, and from there, I took a head coaching job at Collins High School. And I was there for 
four years and um, got a chance to coach some great kids and be a part of a, a really, really great football community at Collins. Um, was fortunate enough to win back-to-back state championships in 2014 and 2015. Um, just a, a very, very special time in my life. I had a chance to coach some really, really great kids and be around some, some great people who love football. From there, um, I transitioned to uh, Madison County, and I coached at Risen High School for three years. And, um, you know, Madison County is, is, is first class all the way. Everything they do is first class. Um, great administration, great commitment to athletics, and really enjoyed my time there. Um, was able to cut my teeth and learn a lot, uh, like a different way of doing things on things on a much bigger stage. But um, after three years, I kind of felt like um, I was being led to come back closer to home. Um, uh, my parents were, um, both my parents were, were ill, and um, just want to get back closer to them. And, and Todd Breland was another mentor of mine. Todd was my uh, longtime head coach at Law, recently retired. Um, he was my middle school football coach. Actually, his first year of coaching was my first year in middle school, and he and I have um, maintained just a wonderful relationship over the course of the um, last 26 years. Um, offered me a job as an offensive coordinator, and um, I took that job and had an opportunity to come back home. And um, at the end of the season, he um, stepped down as his football coach and was going to just be athletic director, and I was named the head coach of um, the Laurel Tornadoes, and then a month later, he took a job at um, at South Jones, and so um, also became the athletic director as well. And so, in my third season back at home, this is my dream job. It's the job I've always wanted um, to be here at home and be able to serve my community and pour back into a community that poured in so much to me. This this, this town has given me so much, and just to have this opportunity to give back. Um, you know, I couldn't ask for anything better. Um, I met my wife here. Um, we've been married um, about a year and a half now, and, and it's just been—it's really been great um, to be back at home. Um, and I've been really fortunate to be around some really great coaches and some really great people in my 19 years. And you know, every day is just a dream. It's never work. It's just—it's a tremendous opportunity to be to be the head football coach at Laurel High School. Well, coach, I can definitely hear that that thankfulness in your voice and. Uh, I can relate a little bit, you know, we, um, you know, we, we kind of joined and I know you said you were familiar with our, our talking ball y'all brand a little bit and follow us a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, me and, uh, David Burnett, we started covering just some sideline stuff for Picayune last year. And then we were privileged to get the opportunity to actually put a, a live broadcast on, on Friday nights. And man, and I agree with you just coming back and being able to take part and be around the program that, you know, I played for and, you know, I graduated back in 99. Uh, it's just special, man, to be able to, to do that. And uh, any chance we get to talk to these kids and coaches, man, it's just very special. And you mentioned some great schools. So I, I know you know what what a, what good what good looks like. Um, you know, Wayne County, uh, that's another school that we're very familiar with. And uh, you mentioned Collins. I remember their, their those powerhouse uh, programs that they had back in their day as well. So um, lo- love to hear your, your coaching journey. And I guess we'll go back, man, and I'll, I'll throw you kind of an interesting stat. So, you know, since 2013, um, we have faced you guys seven times uh, in the postseason, and three of them have been for South State. And I looked at an article that you had uh, put out maybe earlier in the week. Someone had interviewed you, and you said, you know, we, you know, we, we got to play somebody. It might as well be picky. And I mean, I think you get kind of used to, you know, our paths are going to have to cross. So I want to go back to that, that game last year. Of course, we were there and uh, it was a nail biter, a great, great football uh, game. And 
just talk a little bit about really how you your team uh, has adjusted um, to the off season and, and kind of what that what that loss meant and how much it's driven you this year. And, and I'll add two coach that I was um, you know learned uh, actually today that you guys had a a pretty bad fire at your field house. I know you had to do some additional prep, and that never makes it easy to start your off season that way. So I ask you just to kind of go back to that that picking game last year, and then your off season leading up to where we are now. Gotcha. Um, you know. That that game was a was a great game. It's one of those that you know when the game's over, you obviously you're heartbroken because you miss out and miss out on an opportunity to play for a state championship, and and those don't come around every year, even even in your um, your established programs. It, it is very very hard to get to a state championship. I, I mean, I and I'm one to argue that I think it's harder to get there than it is actually win one, and so you you're disappointed in the game. But when you reflect back on it, when you reflect back on the game, I've probably watched it a million times. Um, just two great teams. And, you know, Big Hume had the ball last and made the last play. Of course, we got it with about a minute left and, and kind of stalled out on down. But it was just a great game of, of, of two really, really good football teams. And that night um, was Big Hume's night. And, um, you know, it's tough to get over. But, um, you know, we got our off-season program started back, and then, you know, we, we've been hit with a lot of adversity over the last, I don't know, eight, nine months. I mean, um, play late into December, and so, you know, you really don't get to start off-season before Christmas start because the state championships the first week in December. And then last year, um, I coached in the Bernard Blackwell All-Star Game, and so um, in getting prepared to do that, didn't get to see a lot of my kids, a lot of um, of what was going on from an off-season perspective. Those last couple of weeks before Christmas got out was kind of handled by my assistant coaches, and so um, coaching that game, and then it's uh, it's Christmas time, and so everybody's you know spread out and scattered, spending time with family and friends. And um, the week of Christmas, uh, excuse me, the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve, my wife and I were both diagnosed with um, with COVID, mm. and so. Um, we both missed the first two or three days of school because we're quarantined. Um, get back to school, and um, our school goes virtual. So, meaning, you know, nobody's at school. Everything's going here. Yeah, all the learning um, is virtual learning at that point. And so, we have two weeks of that. And, you know, a week into that, I'm on my way home from my parents' house and get a phone call that there's smoke coming from the field house. Now, you know, you really don't know how credible that is until you get there. Well, when I get there, um, the firemen are going in the building. So, you know, it goes from, well, is this credible to, yeah, this is real. And, you know, that field house has been there for a long time. And, and we basically lost everything. Um, we had to start from scratch. Uh, all of our equipment, all of our, our training, um, the things that we use on, on a daily basis was gone, you know, just in a matter of moments. And then you couple that with the fact that we still got a whole nother week before we'll even interact with our kids. And so wow. um, by the time we get back, you know, I, and I think I calculated by the um, end of the season, all-star games, some of our kids, I had gone six or seven weeks and hadn't seen, you know. And it kind of took me almost back to COVID to where, you know, everybody's so spread out that you don't see anybody. And so, you know, you get back and there's no feel how um, we're all still at that point, still kind of licking our wounds from a 
from a devastating loss. And now we got to start an off-season program with um, no um, exercise uniform. You know, we pride ourselves in trying to you know look good when we when we're working out. I think that helps build team morale. We have none of those things, and you know, anytime things like that happen at a school, there's a there's a process that it has to go through. You have to file all those things on insurance. And again, me being an athletic director, having to you know work with our administration to try to identify what's been lost, and and there's a process that goes on before any of those things can be replenished. Um, and so basically, we're running an off season program where you know our kids are drifting in in two two locker rooms that are half the size of classrooms. And we're talking about 75 or 80 kids. Wow. You know, and so, you know, that that was a challenge. But, I mean, I tip my hat to our kids. Um, they, they never complained. They never bad an eye. Um, got right back into it. And, and we, we had a really, really good offseason. We had, we had some, some turnover in our coaching staff. We had a couple of coaches. Um, think about when you're at Laurel and you got really good coaches. You know, people want to hire him, and they want to hire him as head coach. We lose um, three really, really good coaches because one of them takes the head coaching job and two of them go to be coordinators. We show the promotions for them, and, and we're happy for them. But, again, you have to replace those guys. And so beginning of our own season program, we're basically running it with mm, three, sometimes four coaches, again, with all those kids. And so, but, again, credit to our coaches, credit to our kids. They never bad nigh. Um, spring ball rolls around and, you know, don't have, a, again, a field house. And so we move our entire operation over to the middle school, which is across town. So what we kind of had to do was at the beginning of the block, we would work out, have walkthroughs, and then we would bust the kids across town so that we could use the middle school locker room so we could have spring practice. Man. And so we, we, we get to that again credit to our kids never bad an eye never complained they rode that bus over there we practiced on our middle school and we had probably one of the better springs that we've had that i can remember the last several years and so you know the summer is difficult again because you don't really have a field house and you know but again these kids they show up every day with their cleats and whatever in their hand and, and, and they go to work and you know we still are without a field house completion is said to be a um, around may and I tip my hat to our administration. They've done a great job of um, of making concessions for us um, in terms of having somewhat addressed and, and, and things like that. But it, it, it's been a challenge. Um, what we're able to do is take our indoor baseball facility and kind of make it a kind of a, a de facto field house um, for this season. But it's up on a hill, so we would bust on, on game days. We bust our kids down to the stadium, you know, because we don't want them having to walk down that hill and then walk back up after a game. So we would bust them down. So every week is almost been like kind of a road road game for us. Um, like I said, it, it's been it's been challenging, but again, our kids have done extremely well with it. And one thing we try to teach them, you know, adversity, it's not a matter of if, but when. And it's all about how you respond to it. And, I, and you know, we've had more than our share of adversity this year. We, we've had some battles, some injuries. To some very key players, um, you know. By by now, I'm sure everybody understands knows that uh, Javante Caldwell, our starting quarterback, he went down um, two weeks ago against West Jones. But Kobe Pierce has stepped in and done, and done a very, very admirable job. Admirable job, you know, in his absence. Um, and that's just kind of been our, you know, our mantra this year. You know, 
adversity is what it is. Um, and, and we're just going to show up and we're going to give it our best. Uh, we can, and, and that's not a, a sympathy thing by any stretch of the imagination, but um, it hasn't gone without its fair share of challenges. But with every one of those challenges, um, the Lord has created a great opportunity for one, for us to show our resilience and two, to show how great he is in the midst of all of this adversity. And so I have been extremely proud of our kids for the way that they've handled everything this year. And, you know, we're, we're blessed to be in a position where we're in the playoffs. We've got a great opponent Friday. We're going to play very well to, if we want to be victorious, but um, we're, we're excited to be where we are because there are a lot of teams right now that are, today that are having team meetings that are counting helmets, wishing seniors well, and all those types of things. And, and, we're not one of those teams right now. We got an opportunity. We have the same opportunity that everyone else has. So we're really excited about that. Well, Coach, you, de- you guys have definitely dealt with your fair share of adversity um, this offseason. It sounds like even coming into the season. And, you know, you're, you're kind of saying uh, what's been a common theme that I've heard from several coaches this year is that, you know, kids are a lot more resilient than even we are at times. Um, they mm-hmm. just seem Absolutely. like they can, they can handle a lot more than the adults can. Um, so, Coach, I, I want to talk with some of those. Uh, we'll stay on offense um, I remember, you know, there was a kind of a one-two punch of uh, Mr. Kyron Benjamin and Caden Arrington, you know, coming in and spelling him some. Boy, they were they were deadly together. I know Kyron's going on to um, East Central Community College to, to play on the next level, so we're, you know, very proud of him. Um, speak a little bit to just how Caden Arrington stepped into that role as a feature back and, and how he's done this year. Well, you know, actually, it, it's kind of been very similar to what it was last year. Um Caden has, has done a great job kind of stepping into that lead back, but it's, it's kind of been more of a 1A, 1B um, type situation. Uh, Brayden Jordan, um, who was a junior who, who we were really, really high on last year, kind of came on toward the end, um, has, has came in and, and, and been kind of that 1B where, you know, Kyron was kind of the 1A and Caden was the 1B. This year it's kind of been the, the same situation. In fact, um, you know, just looking statistically, we're probably more productive this year. Um, last uh, this past Saturday, both of those guys um, eclipsed a thousand yards rushing this year. I, I don't know if we've ever done that um, at law to have two thousand yard rushers um, in the same season. And so, I mean, they That's have impressive. done a really, really good job of complementing each other. Um, you know, obviously, Caden's a speed guy; he's very, very quick, very elusive, and um, and Braden's more of a slasher. Um, can't say enough about how productive they've been. Like I said, they complement each other very, very well. They both um, have a very, very unique skill set. Um, and they have a great offensive line to run behind. And so um, it, it, it's been it's been different only, I guess, in the person who's doing it, but the approach has been kind of very much the same. Yeah. And, Coach, you, you actually t- uh, t- took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to go to the offensive line next. And, Coach, when I think about Laurel, man, I think about guys that are giants in the trenches and um it looks like for the most part your offensive line you had one one guy that stepped in but he was a guy that you referred to as kind of being a swing man he would come in and play different positions on the offensive line but you know it really starts with uh your dandy dozen malik ellis the uh six five two fifty guy that's uh mississippi state commit and then on the other side the other tackle um is breeland that six three three forty guy he's committed to memphis um man that offensive line uh is Big and looks like they they've done a pretty good job of opening up some holes as you mentioned with with uh, not one but two thousand yard rushers. Um, speak a little bit to just how how your offensive line has has played this year. 
there's not enough superlatives, you know, to describe how well they played this year. Um, they kind of been, I mean, they're, they're who, you know, we hang our hat on. Um, the five guys, four of those guys have, have played together for three and, and some, a couple of them four years. And, um, they've seen it all. Um, they've been in big games and they, they understand that, you know, in order for us to be who we are, we have to be effective. Um, in the trenches. That's one of the three things that we always preach about offensively. That's control. One of them is controlling the line of scrimmage. And um, we've done a pretty good job of that this year. I've been really, really pleased with um, the physicality that those guys have played with. I, I've really been pleased in the way that we protected the passer this year. Um, I knew we would do, you know, be really, really good in the run game, but we've done an exceptional job this year, in my opinion, of um, protecting the passer and making sure that um, quarterbacks not get hit. Um, have not allowed a ton of sacks this year, um, and that's you know a testament to them and the pride that they take in what they do on a, uh, on a daily basis. Uh, hats out to my offensive line coach, uh, Coach Buddy Duke, who is my high school head coach. Um, when I lost William Clay to Kemper, to be the head coach at Kemper County, William Clay is one of the, the rising stars in this profession. Just keep that name um, in your back pocket. I'm going to write it down now. Kemper, yeah, he's going to do great things at Kemper County and wherever else he ends up. I mean, he's, he's really that good. And so when he moved on, um, had, had a few guys in mind that I wanted to hire but couldn't make the classes match. I had a really good guy um, that I had lined up, and then he got a – um, a better job offer and totally understood that. And so got kind of late in the year and I just really wanted, I mean, knowing the kind of group we had to come back, I wanted somebody really strong to coach that position. And, you know, Buddy Duke was, again, my high school football coach and uh, love him to death. Our birthdays are a day apart. And um, I just reached out to him to kind of get me through the spring. And he was willing to do that. And it went so well that I called him and I said, hey, would you be willing to, you know, come out of retirement uh, and help me out one more time. And he said, well, let me think about it for a couple of weeks and let me talk it over with the wife. And he called me uh, about midway through the summer and said, I'm all in. And, he, and he's done a great job. And they've enjoyed, um, you know, working and, and playing under him. I mean, he's, he can't say enough about him. And so i um, just been really pleased with that unit. Um, they're a great group, very talented group. But they're a great group of kids as well. And so um, we're not where we are without them. Yeah, and, and Coach, looking at, you know, just flipping to your your defensive side, it um, it looks like, you know, kind of young in the secondary, but most of your front seven is coming back. A couple of guys that, that jump out to me is uh, two of your defensive linemen, uh, Jaden McCree and uh, Terion McCullum. Um, boy, those guys are playmakers. And then Jeremy Porter, uh, your linebacker, is another one of those guys that jumps out, and uh, Quandarius Keys. Uh, is there anyone else on that defense that we should be paying attention to on Friday night? No, oh, definitely those those four guys that you named. Um, Quandary kind of doubles as a you know, wideout DB um, for us, and, um, and and Jeremy gives us some some meaningful snaps at times. Um, at running back, we kind of had to move him over there for a week or so. We played a couple of weeks with just one and a half running back, so I've uh, been really pleased with those guys. But I think it, it starts with those guys. Um, I tell you another name. Um, that you should um, remember as well, and his name is uh, Javian Lindsey. Um, he's a junior kid that um, uh, missed the year before um, because he was virtual um, due to COVID, and he's come back and played really, really well for us. But um, though all those guys are high-motor guys that, that fly to the football and um, – 
just have been really, really pleased with him. Um, Jeremy kind of got banged up a little bit midway through the season, but um, he's come back with a vengeance. Played very well um, this past Saturday against Hattiesburg in a loss. So, Coach, that was, that was going to be one of my questions, too, is that that Brown Jug game. Um, I know you guys really, uh, really took it to Hattiesburg. They came in and got some payback on you guys. But honestly, Coach, just looking at your district, even coming in with the losses, um, I, I don't really pay that much attention. I mean, you guys, it's a, it's a very talented division. Uh, it seems like you guys kind of take turns beating up on one another uh, every week. And you look at the quality that's there, you know, Wayne County, Hattiesburg, just to name a couple that are there. West Jones is in there as well. Um, and, and, and coach, you're the stadium too. Uh, I want, I want to make sure I mention that one of the, one of the most beautiful stadiums that between the bricks experience, man, and, and Laurel is, uh, is one of a kind. So coach, as we look at this matchup and as you guys get ready for Friday, uh, what's some things that's, that's jumped out uh, on film? Is there anything that maybe is different to you than last year? Or maybe some things that, uh, you, you, you think might, might could factor in this year that didn't factor in last year? I think the biggest thing with your pick, I mean, there's not a whole lot of difference. Um, they return a lot of those guys on both sides of the ball. Um, and, I mean, they just, they play relentless football. Um, and I think the big, the biggest testament that you can say is uh, about that team is that, you know, when Coach Dye Lee retired and Coach Stogner took over, you didn't see a drop-off. You know, they're still playing with the same passion. They're still playing with the same physicality. And I think that's a testament to Coach Stoggins because, I mean, it, it, it's tough following the legend, you know, and, and it doesn't get much bigger than Dali and Piquio. And so for him to be able to maintain that standard, I, I think that says a lot about him as a, as a leader and a lot about those kids um, and, and their character. And so, you know, no secret what they want to do, but they do it exceptionally well. And again, if you turn that tape on and you see them, they're playing their tails off on both sides of the ball. Um, and then they're hungry. You know, they the, obviously the championship layover didn't make its way, a championship hangover didn't make its way to pick you because, I mean, they look as hungry now as they did this time last year. They, they've, they've done a great job, Coach, of keeping those guys focused and hungry this year. And, um, you mentioned it, it's been a, a great brand of football that we've got to uh, really just uh, appreciate um, over the years, and it's easy to take that stuff for granted. And of course, uh, Laurel is no different. Laurel has a has a pedigree of winning and and moving guys on to the next level. And and um, you know what you've done there has been very impressive as well. Well, Coach, I, I want to just say again how much I appreciate your time. Thanks for for giving us a few minutes. And uh, man, we 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 hope it's a great game. I think it's going to be an awesome game where we're going to have to. Both both teams going to play for four quarters to um to to get the W. So we we hope you guys have a safe trip, man, out to Lee Triple Field on Friday nights, and uh, we'll we'll see you soon. Okay, thanks, Pam. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right, have a great day. Ready for faster internet and better service? Of course you are, and that's exactly what you'll get with Coast Connect. Coast Connect gives you blazing speed for faster downloads, streaming video, gaming, or working from home. And it's backed by top-shelf service from local people you know and trust. Why wait? Get the speed you need with the service you deserve. Sign up today at CoastConnect.com. Coast Connect, powered by Coast Electric. Hey, everybody. Have you heard about the new restaurant in town, Brickside Coffee Cafe? 
stop by and get a cup of your favorite coffee made by one of our great baristas and have some of our yummy breakfast, lunch or dinner. Pancakes, bacon and eggs, the hamburgers, spaghetti and meatballs, mac and cheese, redfish tacos, and so much more. Don't forget the Brownie Alamo. Check us out on Facebook. Order online. Stop by the drive-thru. Or come on in and stay a while. That's Creekside Coffee Cafe. We'll make you happy. If you're looking for someone to handle all your safety training needs, give Commercial Safety Services a call. With 25 years of safety experience in OSHA outreach, plus 10-hour and 30-hour construction training, Jerry Bounds is the man for you. Give him a call today at 601-337-1081. Once again, that number is 601-337-1081. Let Commercial Safety Services take your business safely into tomorrow. Around here, the tougher things get, the better we are. Because all around Pearl River County, you'll find people working together. Like your two hospitals, Highland Community and Pearl River County, working together with Forest Health to bring you health care that's coordinated and complete. We're here for you now, and you know we'll be here tomorrow. Highland Community Hospital, Pearl River County Hospital, and Forest Health. Two great hospitals, one incredible health system. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, Slick, um, I'm going to ask you for a few uh, takeaways from that interview you had with uh, Coach Ernest. Man, it was just really interesting to hear him talk about his coach journey and, you know, some of the guys he's worked with. And uh, most of those guys have turned into mentors uh, for him along the way. You know, guys like Marcus Boyle, I mean, this is a guy who uh, only had one losing season in his career. He's 26 7 in the playoffs four state championships at Wayne County, and then Buddy Duke, that's a guy that Coach Ernest mentioned a couple of times, his high school football coach. And I think it's really cool uh, that he's been able to pull him out of retirement and, and coach his offensive line this year. And, you know, Coach Ernest played for Jeff Bauer at Southern Miss. He, he played with guys that I played against, like Bobby Garner and Rod Davis. Those were a couple of standout guys from Gulfport High School. And, you know, Rod, he's now the head coach at Florence. And then, you know, what he brought back to Collins, that was a powerhouse school and they were struggling a little bit when he came in and he got them back to their former glory, winning two state title games. And, you know, he spent a lot of his time with guys that most people would consider Dave to be really royalty uh, for high school football in South Mississippi. And, you know, he's at Laurel now and I think he's happy there. That's, that's home for him. And I, I think that's where he wants to stay. Yeah. He was very, very complimentary of all those guys you just named. And, um, to me, he came across as just someone you would root for. I mean, obviously, we're rooting for Picayune this Friday, but, man, he, he, the way he complimented all the guys that he's worked with, and it says a lot to be able to pull somebody out of retirement to come help you. And um, so, man, I, hats off. I mean, I didn't know much about Coach Ernest until, you know, you spent this time with him. So it was great to uh, hear this interview and then, Man, the, the adversity these guys went through. Um, you talk about a team that came up just short of making the state championship game last year. And, man, they had a fire in their field house. He talked about having COVID, the coaches that he lost. And, and, and he even said that was, you know, that's what, that's what happens when you have a winning program. You're just going to lose coaches. This is part of it. 
He had a guy get a head coach job at Kemper, uh, Kemper County, I believe he said, and then and then he took two guys with him. So, um, and they they got promotions by going with the uh, coach over there, and then they then you know you start your season, you have all this stuff going on, and then you lose your starting quarterback, Caldwell. Um, so they have a similar roster um, from last year, just like Picune does. Um, so a lot of familiar faces from that South State game. They, the only one you're going to miss in, in that kind of stood out in that South State game would have been Keon Benjamin. He was a big-time running back for uh, Laurel, but man, they didn't take long. They got two guys now, Slick. Both of them rushed for over 1,000 yards in Caden Arrington and Braden Jordan. And then, man, they're going to – Laurel just seems like they just produce big guys after big guys. You got the cross guy yeah. that plays at see plays for Seattle, went to state, and they got another guy. One of their ends is going to go to he's a Mississippi Mississippi State commit. He's a dandy dozen, and then the and then you think, well, what do they have on the other side? So they, they got a guy going to Memphis over on the other side. So that defense, that offensive line, I think is going to be by far the best one that Picune has faced. So it's going to be interesting to see how we match up with those guys, especially with so much talent that they have there on the offensive line. And then one of the things on the uh, is that front seven, and you—that's pretty much what we look at slick when we go looking at film and thinking about Pickens playing this one and that one. Is that front seven? Is we don't pass a lot, so the secondary is kind of like. We just try to catch them sleeping in the type of offense that we run. We run that power running offense, and but that front seven is pretty good, and they're gonna have we're gonna have our hands full with that group too. And I, I mean, to me, just hearing about those guys from Coach Ernest, and um, I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good one. I mean, I don't know what what, what kind of keys to this game do you have for picking this week. Man, I mean, it's really simple. I mean, I, I know that these coaches that pick you, they, they do a great job with the X's and O's, Dave. I mean, that's, that's what they get paid to do. That's why they get paid to do what they do, and we do what we do for free. But, you know, I think it's easy to get caught up in a game like this with, with Laurel's record. I mean, they were 6-5 and five in the regular season. They were 4-3 and three in district, but I don't think any of that matters, man. It just You can't factor that in. Uh, Coach Stogner said it a lot. Everybody's zero and zero every game they prepare for, and that's definitely the case this week. I mean, this is the start of, uh, as you mentioned, the, the the second part of the season. You know, so it really doesn't matter. I mean, they were they were four and two, man. We played them last year for South State. They really only got one more district loss, and when you when you look at those losses, one of them was to Florence. I mentioned it's a um, a team that's coached by, you know, Coach Ernest's. Uh, teammate man at Southern Miss and, and Rod Davis, a very good linebacker. That was a one point game and, and, and they lost another a three you know three point game to Wayne County. So really it's a combined four points and, and they and two of those losses. We know what happened with Hattiesburg, but as you mentioned, Caldwell was down. So they didn't really have this, a true quarterback back there. And then you look at this offense, you know, it's just so strange, Dave, because when you look at our region, the way people kind of sit in the region Kind of dictates like their their scoring, their defense, but but it's a little bit different on this this um, this three five uh, a side. And you know when you consider thirty one points a game, that's actually top in the district. You know what Laurel was average, and their defense has been decent. I mean they're they're sitting in just in district play. I think they're sitting at number three overall in points given up. So 
not a bad team. And I think for picking the, the biggest key, man, is to go in and prepare that you're playing the same team you played last year for South State. You know, you mentioned it's not going to be um, the team that's got Keon Benjamin, but essentially the same nucleus, especially up front in those trenches. These guys are all intact. So you got to prepare that way and, and take it as what it is. Yeah, I think uh, can't get caught looking into what, uh, you know, kind of thinking about, okay, well, Laurel's number four in their region. You know, we're supposed to blow out that four seed. You know, that's just kind of what, what you're thinking. So definitely Picky doesn't want to get caught looking at that record coming in and saying, oh, we're just going to walk over uh, Picky Union. I'm going to go to, to what we've done all year, Slick, and, and that's coaching staff has had these guys prepared. When we go play someone, hasn't won a game like, you know, say Long Beach, but they've they've really, really um, done a good job at getting these guys to play no matter who the opponent is, they don't they don't play down. They they almost play up to everyone, and so I think that's going to be a good thing that's that this coaching staff has been able to do all year, and I th- I think it's going to translate really well in the playoffs as you go p- prepare for a team that is a really good four seed having to come into Re- Lee Triplet Stadium this Friday, and also slick so I think. How would we block Laurel's front seven is going to be my key to the game. I think if we can get, you know, a hat on a hat or however we're going to have to do it, maybe, I mean, I think we can really, really have some success. But as you've seen with, with Gaucher, we, we kind of looked at Gaucher and thought, well, their defense isn't as good, but we knew their offense was good. I mean, I, I knew they were going to put more points up on us than anybody had put up all year. Now, I didn't think they'd put up as many as they did Friday. I mean, last Thursday. But can Picune come in? Because you got to think with the with the list of coaches that he listed and the battles that Coach Dodley had with Coach Marcus at Wayne County, and even while he was at Pedal at the end of his, you know, end of they've had some meetings there too. And then Coach Ernest, who's obviously very familiar with Picune, as you mentioned in the. Uh, interview slick about how often they play in the playoffs so they're going to take some of what they seen from Gaucher and probably add it in their game plan so is Picking going to be able to adjust to that and really really move some guys so we can have some running because running the running Thursday night last week was really tough to come by and I was I just wasn't expecting that so maybe this week we kind of I don't know you're going to know that Laurel's going to come bring a Really, really good front seven. So hopefully that will change the mindset. Maybe it was a mindset thing or just maybe Gaucher just had a great game plan. So I don't know. But my key is – my big key to the game is blocking. We really, really got to get after Laurel and get some rushing yards because we live and die by rushing the ball. That's no that's no secret. So I don't know if you think uh, – how do you think they'll do against that or if you got anything to add to that. But um, I just think we're going to have to block a lot better than last week. No, no, no doubt, man. And, and again, I think, you know, Coach Ernest said it best. You know, there's a lot of teams that, as he mentioned, they're, they're starting to count helmets and, and all those different things. They're getting ready to start their off-season program. So you, you've gotten here. You know, it's kind of like college basketball. If you just get into the big dance, everybody's record's the same, and now you, you get to kind of start over and reset a little bit. And this is a team, man, that really came in. They were ranked in the top ten 
um, you know, in a state coming into the preseason because of all the guys that we mentioned that they brought back. So this is a good football team, and you know, you you lose here and you go home. That's what's at stake for both of these teams. So you got a lot to play for, and you know, having that that home field advantage throughout the playoffs is is going to be something that we would definitely want to take advantage of. But you know, we we got to make sure we just come out and take care of business prepare and, and plan and, and hopefully we can move on yeah i think so and uh hopefully everyone will come out because it's a big game here and like you said like coach Ernest said and like you just mentioned is there is basically we coach steiner talks about it every week we go oh and one oh and one i mean one and oh one and oh this is where it's got to start i mean it doesn't matter now if you go oh and one in the playoffs you're done so you got to go one and oh every week and so I think he brings that mindset. This coaching staff brings that mindset every week. So we need a packed house Friday. We need as many folks as we can get in there cheering on the uh, Maroon Tide as this is going to be a really, really big battle to move on into the second round because this is it. Like, um, there's no more tomorrow if you don't if you make one mistake and lose here. So I'm going to tell you folks how to listen. You can get on the MixLR app and follow, um, type in Picune, search Picune. Set it's that simple and then follow and that way you get these notifications so you can hear clay sweets call every week on that mix lr app the uh clay sweet uh, clay sweet the voice of the maroon tie for the talking ball y'all media group and then his color analyst slick who is the co-host of the the podcast with me and you also get a little bit of Darren Uzel in the beginning of the game and uh, also at halftime. And I always enjoy – I'm like you, Slick. I always enjoy Darren at the pregame and then during the halftime when he gets his coaching hat on. I, I joked at him last week about wearing Coach Stogner's hat. I was like, he's going to need a bigger head to fit in that hat. Coach Stogner's got a big old hat. And then uh, then we also break down some scores from around the league. We won't have as many to break down as there's not as many teams playing out that the playoffs started. So – Hopefully you'll join us here on the uh, MixLR app as we talk about picking football and bring you the games live every week. And then, um, and all I can ask is if you just share everything that you hear from us, if you can share this on social media, share the uh, broadcast, you can go back and listen. So if you're following Clay Sweet or me on Twitter with the uh, Picking Podcast, we will post links. And if you don't have the MixLR app, you can click on those links and still listen to the ball game. So, Slick, I appreciate you getting that interview. I thought it was one of the better interviews that we've done. Uh, just hearing how he's, you know, what they went through. So I can't wait to see Laurel. And I can't wait to meet him um, as I didn't meet him last year in the game. So I can't wait to meet Coach Ernest. Yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Like, as you mentioned, I hope that we can pack out lead triple field on Friday night, man, and come out and support the team, man. Roll Tide. Yep, Roll Tide.